Does it matter to God whether or not you vote? Well, I have a very clear and direct answer for this. We're going to talk about that and some of the reasons behind it in this episode. So let's get into it right now. This is Your Faith at Work, the show that helps you get your faith out of the church and into the world. God is on the move right now in the marketplace and culture through people just like you. You were created for influence and impact. Let's take your faith to the next level. Learn more at ryanshoward.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ryan S. Howard. Well, welcome back to Your Faith at Work. Does God care whether or not you vote? Well, of course, I'm talking about in a representative republic similar to the United States or Brazil or many nations in Europe, and that is what I'm focused on here in this episode, and I'm going to give several reasons why it's a hard yes. Absolutely, God cares whether or not you vote when you have that as an option. I'm going to give those two reasons, and I'm also going to uh, give some typical reasons that people don't vote, and I'm going to refute some of those and uh, help you think a little deeper about this. So let's get right into it. What are the two reasons that God cares whether you vote? And the answer being yes. The first reason is the Bible's directions. The second is the Bible's example. All right, that's it for this episode. Now, just kidding. Let's get into some details here. So first, the Bible's direction. Now, God set up government. You know, authority is something God has, and uh, by it is in his nature, and he created the uh, order of things, including authority and territory and all that sort of stuff, and so that includes government. God set up civil government, not only uh, religious government, but also civil government, and so God says what the government is to do. That is, there is two main things the government is supposed to do: one, restrain evil, and two, promote good. Now, where do I get those from? Well, you can read further in Romans thirteen verses one to seven, First Peter two verses thirteen and fourteen, and Genesis nine verses five and six. God set it up, and He wants His people to influence it. Now. I'm going to get into the biblical example of that happening, but if God set it up, well, we have a responsibility to know as God's people, as Christ followers, what he expects of government and what he what he wants the government to do and, and the kinds of things uh, that the government uh, should not be doing. And like I mentioned, everything falls under two categories, restrain evil and promote good. Now, that literally gets into specifics like protecting life or protecting marriage, protecting the family, promoting good, which would be promoting family, nuclear family, mom, dad, kids, and uh, restraining evil, right? So that's uh, protecting the nation. That's the the defense, national security, those sorts of things. Also, on a more individual level, where, uh, you know, stopping that evil from happening and promoting good. So all these different policies that should be promoting good, helping people come out of poverty, not helping people stay in poverty. So those are just a few examples and some hot topics today in all of those. But we as Christians need to know what God expects of civil government. And as in a representative republic with the opportunity to vote, well, we need to use that opportunity. You see, we God has set it up and has delegated authority to the rulers, 
to the government in this case, politicians, that sort of thing, policymakers. And so, but we as the people who vote have a share in that ruling power because we are choosing who will be the rulers and who will have the authority. So you see, we have an ability to vote in a representative republic. It's not a democracy. A democracy would be uh, majority rules. So if the majority thought murder was okay, well, then that's legal now. No, that's not uh, – that's a democracy. We are not a democracy in the United States. And so we are a representative republic. So there are God-given values. We have a – it's a constitutional – Republic, constitutional representative republic. So back to the point, we have an ability to vote, so we need to vote. God set it up. He has an expectation for the ruling power and the authority that he has delegated. And a portion of that authority has been entrusted to you and to me, people who have an ability to vote. For those of us in a nation, that's a representative republic. And so we have a responsibility to know what God expects of civil government and to act accordingly. And so at a minimum, we should be informed and voting. That's the minimum. That's like the baseline entry level. Now, Jesus uh, also said that we are to make disciples of all nations. That's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples of all nations. That includes sharing the gospel. It also includes discipling culture, the major mountains of influence, like education, government and politics, media, family, all those sorts of things. And so we must hold our leaders accountable. And that means if they vote wrong, they they have lost their right to be in that office. They they should not maintain, they should not continue to be in office. And I'm referring specifically to now I've I've done two other episodes that on this. One is called uh should Christians influence politics? It's episode 34. I'll have the link in the description. And I have, you know, and that goes into the biblical case, some of what I'm talking about here. But also uh, another episode is how you vote matters to God. And it does a comparison between the Republican and Democrat platforms. And that's episode 73. I'll also put that in the link below, links below if you're interested. But what we need to understand is that uh, we could elect somebody for what they say, But then how do they actually vote? What actual policies are they supporting? Now, I'm thinking specifically recently here, we had a a bill in the U.S. that was saying, oh, all states should recommend or should recognize the so-called gay marriage from other states. And so they're basically now there were many Republicans that voted for this and. I, I ran for office in 2020 as a Republican. Now, the Republican platform is amazing. It's very biblical. It's a 70-some page document that goes through the Republican uh, standings uh, the, or the, what they – the views of the Republican platform. And unfortunately, most or many Republicans don't actually vote in accordance with the platform. It's quite uh, infuriating. And so – well, if they're going to vote like a Democrat, why should we have them in office? It doesn't do any good to have them there. If they're not going to represent our interests uh, and our values, why should they be there? Well, there are many uh, Republicans, including those from my state of Iowa, um, some of which who voted for this uh, act that would uh, recognize 
so-called gay marriages from other states. Now, to vote for that means, and I don't want to get into this too much detail, but to vote for that means that you're granting the, the assumption that, that, uh, that marriage is something that's not just between a man and a woman. You're granting that by saying we're going to recognize that from another state. For you to say that, you're basically saying, yeah, okay, you can change the definition, and then we'll just accept that. This is absolutely unacceptable. So if they're going to vote like a Democrat, why you, you, you do not deserve the vote. Now, uh, I'm not saying just because someone's a Republican, they deserve the vote. You can hear what I'm saying right now is that they need to act and vote according to the platform. And I would say actually according to the Bible. And like I said, I've done it. I've reviewed the entire platform and it's pretty much aligned with God's word. There may be one or two points on of the 70 some pages that I had to take issue with. But you can see that comparison in that other episode if you're interested. Now, I think that what we need to do though is say, well, what do we do then? You know, well, I heard um, someone brought to my attention. They said, well, if, you know, we have to primary those people or maybe they need to lose an election and then we can have them uh, have a new candidate come in the next time around. Well, maybe you need to write in someone else's name. I certainly wouldn't be voting for the Democrat instead. There is no way I would do that. And you can make an argument that, well, you're helping a Democrat get elected and, you know, if you don't vote for the Republican, but it's, but for me, it's kind of like, well, if they're going to vote that way anyway, what's the point? You know, so I think this person has a case to make. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it that way before, or we need to have stronger primary candidates and just make a bigger deal. And the big problem here is not term limits. And I've done an episode on that as well. The big problem is uninformed and unactive, uh, inactive, uninformed and inactive voters. That's the real issue is that we're just not watching. We're just not paying attention. And that's at the state level and at the uh, national level, the federal level. So you, 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 that particular point, you'll have to uh, think about you're standing before God and saying, what did you do with your share of the ruling power, your ability to vote? Did you use it? And did you vote according to what God's word says? Well, what are you going to say? And that's where I'm saying is, is, you need to think about, okay, am I going to help this person get elected or that person get elected? Or can I defend that? You know, just imagine having that conversation with God, with Jesus, and and are you comfortable with where you're at right now? So those are a few things to think about. Now, I want to get a, into the biblical example. I mentioned that uh, the Bible's directions. So there, I gave that to you. I gave you some verses that you can study if you want to go deeper into that. And I want to, um, oh, uh, before I go into the biblical example, I remember, uh, man, I, I don't know if it was uh, Bonhoeffer. Somewhat, I think it was Bonhoeffer that said, uh, disobedience to a tyrannical government is obedience to God. So, in other words, there's a limit to what the government can do. I, I just talked about that, that they promote good and restrain evil. When they start going outside of those bounds, they are stepping outside of what God has authorized them to do. And then that is tyrannical. You know, uh, stepping on individuals' rights. And I'm not talking about made-up rights like the radical LGBT uh, movement is trying to do now, which they actually don't care. The, 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 the people in the movement may care about these people, but the, the political leaders and all this stuff, it's just another uh, group of people that they can, that they can uh, take advantage of to get more votes and to, uh, what is it, blackmail people's emotions, you know, and, and, and abuse their compassion that they have for people and they twist words and all kinds of stuff. And so it, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real individual rights that God has granted us, that the government protects. The government does not give us our rights. That's the difference between 
the us on the conservative side, the biblical side, and the far left. You know, we say God gave us our rights. That's what our nation was founded upon: individual liberty and freedom, and these rights. And the left says that these are entitlements. So, in other words, the government gives these entitlements because people are weak, and government has to give these entitlements, and the government needs to take more power so they can guarantee these entitlements. And it's just—it's absurd. Like healthcare is a right, or whatever they think that is. It's not. That's a service. It's a service. That—that's—it's absurd to to think about it that way. And that should be the topic of another episode. But as we get into the biblical example, that's the second main reason. I want to just go through a few quick here, and and you can study these out, and when you start to see it, you will see it. It's everywhere. I mean, the Bible is full of governing authorities it, and, and kingdoms and all kinds of and rulers and powers being pulled down and replaced, and it's just, I mean, it's literally from the beginning to the end. I mean, it's incredible. So, starting off, you know, Joseph was second in the government over Egypt, and he actually influenced Pharaoh before he was actually in the government. He And God gave him answers to tough problems that other people couldn't solve. Big influence in government. Daniel was an advisor as well to the uh, king, to, to Nebuchadnezzar. Nehemiah, he rebuilt walls. He got approval and letters and all this stuff from the government to go do these things. And from the leader at the time, uh, Mordecai and Esther, huge influence in the book of Esther on the king. And they stood up and they had to risk their own lives to do that. Uh, Hosea, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of these prophets also spoke truth to power. And John the Baptist, I'm sure you remember about him calling out uh, King Herod about taking his brother's wife as his own. Now, that's a problem. And John the Baptist spoke the truth about it. He ended up getting his head taken off for that. But he stood on the truth as we all should as well. And the Apostle Paul. A lot of times people say, oh, Romans 13 says obey your governing authorities and do whatever they tell you. And that's a lot of the reasons people gave into this COVID stuff when they said shut down and, and, and wear your mask and all this stuff. And, but the thing is those were violating our rights, our, our rights to assembly, our rights to uh, uh, bodily you know, doing what we want to do, our rights to uh, meet together and worship, our freedom of religion, all those sorts of things. And – they they want to come and say uh, that we need to do what the government said, but that's not true. Paul was in jail because he did not do what the government said to do. He wrote many of his letters from prison. Well, he why would he be in prison if he did whatever the government told him to do? They told him to stop preaching the gospel. That was the main thing. Stop preaching this Christ. And he basically said, uh, I'm not going to stop that. <laughs> and he didn't. But that's not the only thing. That the government is not allowed to tell us to not do. Do you understand? You follow me here? And so, again, the Bible's direction, Bible's example, and we have God set up government. It's to restrain evil and promote good. And so, uh, Paul also stood against, and Jesus did, the ultimate example. He spoke truth to power. The Pharisees at the time were the, were the uh, political leaders and the religious leaders. We often think of them as the uh, religious leaders only, but they were the political leaders. They were in charge of, of the tax collecting and all that for the Roman government. And the reason the Pharisees were kept in power in the first century, they, they, you know, they were in a province of Rome. They were in, in the Roman world. The reason they were allowed to stay there is because they collected taxes for the government, for Rome. 
and they 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 didn't care. These Pharisees, most of them, as I understand, did not care about the things of God. You know, Jesus said to their face, you know, if you really knew your scriptures, you would recognize me because you think you have life in the in the law in these scriptures, but these point to me. And he corrected them to their face. He called them snakes. He called them whitewashed tombs. A whitewashed tomb. Can you believe that? That's what's in there. Dead bones. Looks pretty on the outside, but it's dead bones on the inside. So Jesus spoke truth to power. And so, hey, I just want to be like Jesus and speak the truth. That's all. <laughs> and so now it's not like, oh, is God a Republican or Democrat? No, no, no. He when when we say is God on my side or your side or their side or our side, it's no, we need to be on God's side. That's the way it is. And when people who we thought were gonna represent his interests and our interests, and they don't, when they fail, well, then they need to be gone. And we need to let them know that. We need to be engaged. Now, there's different levels of engagement. You may be somebody who runs for office like I did, or who is very involved in campaigns and knocking on doors and trying to get the word out and all that. And the best is if you can get a particular candidate that you want to get behind. There was there were uh, many people who volunteered for my campaign in 2020 for the Iowa House that we wouldn't have done what we did, I mean, we came within a few hundred votes out of 19,000 votes. We would not have had that kind of impact. And all the people that reached out to me, if I didn't have these people helping my campaign, you know, and my wife, huge part of that, huge part of that. And she was pregnant at the time and we were pregnant at the time. So it's just, I mean, it's amazing what God can do, but we need to come together for this. And now maybe you're making phone calls, maybe you're doing all this stuff for Canada, or maybe you're just informed and just willing to stand up and speak up when something comes up and, and willing to, to sacrifice what God uh, may, what God has put in your hand, whether it's a, you know, reputation or whatever it might be. Now, I'm not saying we need to go and be harsh and all this sort of stuff. There's a time and a place for that, uh, but we need to do everything out of love. And it's not loving to tell somebody that that if they're drinking poison, to tell them that it's not poison. That's not love. That's the opposite of love. You have to hate somebody to do that, don't you think? And so, not I mean, and not talking about specific issues here today as much, but uh, the transgender youth movement. I'm going to have a, an episode coming out on that soon. This is just absurd. How how can anybody think this is acceptable? And you have in the Bible, we have. Uh, it says there's bribed counselors. They are bribed counselors. That's what the pediatric, uh, whatever, the association, the psychological association, the pediatric association, they're all bought and paid for. That's why they're supporting the transgender youth. Oh, it's best to transition. Oh, it's best to, like, no. They're, they, the, the, uh, the suicide rate actually increases like tenfold after a, uh, a formal transition, like a medical transition. It's very scary. And that's not the issue. There's an underlying issue. But I don't want to get into the weeds on that. But, you know, we need to be speaking up and saying the truth. And so much of this stuff, I think I saw a video with Kevin Costner's uh, son. They were interviewed him and and he he did some, uh, I think it was a South African or some, or Jamaican. It was a Jamaican accent. And they said, oh, it's cultural appropriation. And and they said, do you want to apologize for that? And he he said, no. (laughs) And they said, uh, well, uh, what do you mean? These social justice warriors can just kick rocks? And he's like, yep. <laughs> yep. And they said, so no comment. And he said, no, no, no. I'm saying, yes, they can kick rocks. Like they can beat it, get lost, don't care. And that's what we should be saying. Like, forget this cancel culture stuff. Everybody's self-canceling now. They're just not speaking up. 
And so I did another episode on that interview with Steve Strang, the CEO and owner of Charisma Magazine. And he wrote a book on that, God and Cancel Culture. But you see, we can't be doing that. We got to be speaking up. Now's the time. We got to speak up. And we got to do that with our vote at a minimum. You know, and we got to be willing to, to step out and put ourselves out there when speaking up. Now, I'm not just talking about going and voicing on social media. You know, do that if you feel led to. Uh, but, you know, that can be a black hole. But, I mean, in your relationships, will you stand by? Will you speak up? Will you take the chance? Now, I have made lots of mistakes when talking to others about this where I get, I get excited and I'm very passionate uh, and maybe a little aggressive sometimes. But I, I, I learn and then I adjust, and then I come back, and I've learned how to have compassionate conversations, and you balance truth with compassion. You don't just have compassion and then let whatever happen. You know That's not love. So, okay, I think I've made the point there. So now let's wrap up here quick with just a few reasons that people give to not vote. The first is, well, I'm not informed. I don't know what's going on. Well, a very simple response to that is, get informed and find out what's going on. That's it's as simple as that because we need to be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And so if you're not informed, now I'm not saying you need to become a news junkie. I happen to love the news, but I think like now this is the time. This is where the battle of our time is. We need to know what's going on around the world. And now I'm not talking about uh, CNN, Fox News, all those sorts of things. No, forget that. There, there is actual... Uh, there's different places that, that we can get what's really going on and the real agenda. And this podcast, I, I hope and pray, will be one of those options for you. Okay, so get informed and get engaged. Find out what's going on at a minimum and, uh, and vote. <laughs> um, the second is my vote doesn't matter. I'm just one person. Well, that really has nothing to do with whether or not God has given you an assignment to vote, whether or not it's your biblical duty to vote. You know, I'm just one person. It doesn't matter. No, well, it's between you and God. It's not, you know, and if if one person doesn't vote and another person doesn't vote and another person, another person, I mean, you can obviously extrapolate that. Every vote is one vote. So it's time to vote. Third one, elections are rigged, so it doesn't matter. Well, this one actually may have uh, <laughs> some weight to it, but it's still not a good reason to vote, to not vote. We need to be voting and we need to be evaluating uh, how the elections were done. And we need to be push, speaking up and pushing back. There's some amazing documentaries that have been done. The 2000 Mules, the uh, Selection Code, uh, and I think there's a few more coming out as well. And so obviously 2020 was a big problem. And we have our uh, people in the Senate and the House that did not stand up. Um, and we sort of gave up too easy. But um elections being rigged is not a reason to not vote. It's a reason to get more engaged and to find out what we can do to help that vote uh, not be rigged. Uh, number four, election day is inconvenient or going to vote in person is inconvenient. Well, maybe we have to adjust our schedule to do that. Or, you know, you can do an absentee ballot. That's uh, certainly an option. Not everybody loves those, but uh, it, if it's an option, then have at it. Uh, unfortunately, some states mailed out absentee ballots without them being requested. And that's another topic for another episode, but why that's a problem, but it's trace. There's no traceability. You send all these ballots out. It's ripe for fraud. That's why it was done. 100%. So election day, inconvenient or not, make it happen. Find a way to make it happen, uh, or vote beforehand. And you can even go down there yourself after a certain date. This is the way it is in Iowa. And you can just cast your ballot there. So you don't have to wait till election day. 
And five, the candidates don't represent your views. Now, this one, of all of them, may have the most weight, may be the most valid, but it's still not valid. Can you write in a candidate? Can you yourself run for office? Can you help others run for office? Do you really know what's going on with these candidates, what they really stand for? Or is it just what the media has said about them? Now, it may take a little work. And the reason I don't like this reason, although it may be valid in some elections that literally both of these candidates are not going to represent my uh, interests. Well, okay. Is there someone else you can write in, you know, I, and I, we can get into that, but that's between you and God, you know, and, and the reason I don't like it is because it can be just an excuse to not vote or to, I mean, it can be an excuse to not be informed on the candidates and to just say, well, I'm not going to do the work to understand the candidates. And so, you know, that they don't represent my interests, so I'm not going to look into it. <clears throat> and, and we just don't go deep enough and we end up finding out more. Well, I would suggest if they don't, have you reached out to them? Have you voiced your opinion? Have you had a conversation with them? If they're running for a local office, like the House of Representatives if for your state or the Senate for your state, they will most likely take your phone call. I mean, literally, they're already calling people. They want to hear from voters. They want to know what you think. And you can be, you know, judge the character. Judge the, judge how they interact with you. Whether you think they're going to vote, can I call you after you're elected? Can I, call, you know, what what's it going to be like? How are you going? You know, ask questions. Spend as much time on the phone as they'll give you, and then you'll find out how they are. <laughs> so that's a few things to really think about. I I kind of went a little longer than I had expected, but I hope this was valuable for you as you think about whether God cares whether or not you vote. And I think it's a hard yes. It's a very clear yes. And as I mentioned, there's some other episodes that you can listen to. They're actually just five-minute episodes, and so you can check those out. They'll uh, be easy to go through very quickly. All right, well, thank you for listening. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, and you can help spread the word by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with your friends. Visit RyanSHoward.com to learn more about living the intentional, influential, and impactful life you were created for.